listener exclusive. From the Penguin Parade at Phillip Island to that new building development in the middle of Warrigal, this is Talking Gippsland with Ed Cowlishaw. Welcome to another episode of Talking Gippsland. Today we head out to Mafra and catch up with the wonderful volunteers that make up the Gippsland Vehicle Collection. So much history on display with so many different variety of motor vehicles being championed. Andrew Gallagher is the display manager at the collection and in this chat I spent some time with him having a peruse around the Replicas and Rarities exhibition. If you love your motorsport and have a passion for cars, I think you'll enjoy this episode of Talking Gippsland. Andrew, thanks for welcoming me down. I love going through museums and... This is a very unique sort of a museum because this is a collection. This is a warehouse where people get to champion their vehicles in a lot of way, in more ways than one. And as I step through here, the colours, the history, it's quite amazing. How did you get involved with this? Well, uh, a few years ago, I retired from my job and uh, my wife decided that I needed something to do, so she bought me a membership for the club. Right. And that's where it all started. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. So your passion for cars is we go for a wander. Mm-hmm. Um, did it start at a young age? Did you fall in love? Was it a, a family history and passion for cars or is it something that maybe your teenage years or your 20s and 30s where you started going, hey, look, I love this sort of stuff? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, uh, when I was young, I loved watching cars. My grandmother, uh, we came from, I was, um, spent my early life up at Erica uh, yep. in Gippsland. Yep. But my grandmother had a house on the main road through Bendigo. And when, whenever we went to visit grandma, we used to sit outside and we knew every name of every car that went past in the rower. Oh, was, wow. Way. That was it. Loved the cars. My parents were very keen to see that I had a, a, a university education, education yes, you know, yes, and yes. that sort of thing. Yep. And uh, so... Uh, that sort of waned in a, after a while, um, yeah. and then when I went to New Zealand to do my uh, degree course, uh, I was on a very poor student's budget, so uh, I actually had an Austin 1100 in the years over there, which is a rarity here because they only made Morris 1100s, yeah. and uh, so yeah, and then came here and I uh, oh, enjoyed uh, cars a little bit, but then there was family first, and then it's... Uh, and I'm not a great mechanic or anything like but I love putting the show on for yeah. the people to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. The Austin, was that the first vehicle that yes, you owned? Yes, it was. Yes, yes. What was it like when you first got behind the wheel? Because I'm assuming that era, no seatbelts and the vehicle was a bit different in, in that there's no automatic steering, there's no air conditioning, there's uh, a lot of the mod cons that we see nowadays, they didn't exist. But the independence factor, I think, for every first driver is like, wow, I'm free. Yes, exactly. Yes, it was lovely to have it. It was, you know, and really not up to what I thought my standards were because it was just a funny little BMC yeah. car. Yeah. But, you know, I would have loved a Holden or uh, I can remember going to a, 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 a farm visit as part of our course, and one of the workers had a, a GTHO Falcon there, and I thought, fancy him having that. I yes. couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, obviously, you've mentioned family and things like that, but it's, it's the exhibition that you get really excited about. It's the, it's the stories within these cars, I think, that are really driving people into this, in this warehouse, really. It's that... Everyone has a passion in behind each of these vehicles, but also 
the stories behind them. I mean, there's so much history here. How do you collate it and then also set it out? Because I'm assuming this would be a pretty difficult job to make sure that, right, this has to go here, this has to go there, this is your piece de resistance. How do, how do you maintain that? Uh, it is quite difficult. Uh, we're very lucky that uh, Barry, who you met, does all the cards uh, with the histories of the cars and sometimes the owners. Uh, so he researches all that for us. Uh, and uh, then we start thinking about of putting them in some sort of order, whether yep. it be make, whether it be year of product manufacture. In this particular one uh, display, we've got replicas and rarities. So you try and, try and split, split them up between the yep. two, not just have a block of one particular lot. And, uh, and it all just falls a bit. It, it's a bit of what fits, of course. You yep. know, that's, uh, it's always a bit difficult. But uh, we've got 53 cars in here at the moment. Yeah. And we're pretty well full, but we can always sneak another one in if necessary. If right. it's a really, you know, a ripper, it tells a story. Uh, and then we've got about 60 motorbikes. And we've got the model museum down the back, which uh, we'll come to later when we have a look at that. Yeah, there's no Mm. doubt about that. Mm. We're standing in front of a a beautiful cobra right now. This is uh, one that we've spoken about on radio just a a week ago, Uh, the 1965 AC Cobra replica as well. There's a bit of a story behind this one. It's in great condition. Tell us a little bit more about this one and, and its owner, because I know the owner's very keen to have a listen to this chat as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, he is. Yeah. Well, this one uh, yeah, actually belongs to, uh, uh, amazingly, most of the cars here are locals. That's right. the thing that's really interesting about it. And certainly all of the bikes are locals. Um, but this one is uh, owned by uh, a gentleman in, in uh, Hayfield, and uh, he uh, keeps it under cover all the time and only brings it out. We're very spoiled to have it here with us today because it actually happens to be my favourite too. It's It's a beautiful car and it's a pity we can't start it up because the sound is even better. Heaven knows the dusty streets of Hayfield would love to hear that rumble through every now and then as well. And it's sitting beautifully next to a 1973 Triumph as well. I I mean, these two cars next to each other, I mean, they're about a decade apart nearly. Yes, yes. But you look at the styles, the bubble shape through to the beautiful sleek lines of the Triumph. I mean, sports cars at its its best. Oh, and aren't they beautiful? Every one of them, yeah. The the Cobra is is a kit form done by a company called DRB, which yep. does Cobras. I think they're still operating. Uh, that's powered by a 302 Ford motor. The little Triumph is probably, we've, we've put that in the rarity class because that was the last decent sports car Triumph ever made. Yeah. The TR7 probably wasn't up to scratch. And when we go back to the TRs of earlier days, we're all beautiful English sports car. And uh, that one is in lovely order, although uh, the white uh, leather seats, I'm not sure that's uh, original. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't look original. I'm sure it would have been tanned or something <laughs> along those lines there, but it does come out all right, doesn't it? And yes, you can yes. think about going through the beautiful lush hills of Kent and Canterbury and yes, uh, yes. with my wife in a scarf and a hair, yes, losing it. Yes, you got all those wonderful yes. sort of films oh, from that yes, era and yes, everything like yes, that, don't yes. you? As we wander through to the miniature section and, mm. and things like that, um, it's a wonderful group. We met mentioned uh, a few of the names before but to catch up with I'm assuming a lot of volunteers that help this vehicle collection keep maintaining 
uh, its standard and its precision, but its passion as well for those that walk through these halls. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the business here runs with a uh, an executive who look after the legal and financial uh, issues of the of the club and uh, the insurance and all that sort of stuff. And then there's a small group of us who look after the display, and that's about nine of us that. Uh, get the, uh, the blessing of the owners, uh, so that's all fine, and then look after them over the four-month period that they're here. And we've just recently, this morning, just vacuumed the whole building to, wow. uh, to keep the dust level down and uh, make sure that each one of them is, uh, is uh, properly presented. Hmm. It's been pretty tough over the last years with COVID and, and things like that. Uh, how did the team maintain contact with one another and also the passion for... For this, because I mean, when you shut the doors during COVID yeah. and no one can come through yeah. and celebrate, or even having that connection with the owners of this to yes, be, yeah. I guess, interested in showing off their their, their yes. beauties and prized yes. possessions again. Yeah. Yeah. How was that period? For well, you guys? it was an interesting period because we had uh, just as COVID hit, we had a lovely display of uh, Gippsland hot rods, and of course, you get chrome and colour yeah. in big way there with uh, with that sort of stuff. And they just sat here with no one to look at them, which was really uh, quite upsetting. But fantastically, the, almost to, a, to an owner, they agreed to keep them in here for another three or four months wow. after COVID, which was just magnificent. And uh, people love hot rods. And we had crowds in and it was just really good. So um, those, those owners looked after us really well. And, yeah, we, we congratulate them on, the, on their generosity that uh, are letting, those, letting us have those cars for such a long time. Do all the vehicles start? Do they all run? Do they all work? Because um, we're looking at one here yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, uh, what's this? This is a Kelsey Motorit. Uh, yeah, I think 1911 it is. to 1914. Yeah, two wheels at the front and one at the back. Does it work? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, this is a rarity. This, that's a rarity. I'm assuming. Yeah, absolute rarity. <laughs> Look at the lounge seat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the tiller yeah. instead of a steering yeah. wheel. Yeah. It's, it's quite incredible. So do most of them work? Do most yes. Of, yeah. yeah. And it's interesting. I'll just have a look here. I'm, I'm starting to show my age here. I've just turned 41. <laughs> and there's a 1985 Commodore SS here. Yes. Uh, one of the first cars I can remember in my family. Ah. So this is my... My ah. dad used to have this. Not Maybe not with the fin on the back yeah, and things like yeah. that. But this was a work car. It was a company car for yes, him. Yes, yes, And I would have been only three or four years old. And I remember... Um, sitting in the back seat and all that sort of stuff, and that was the car that Dad would have. It was a different shade and obviously very work-like, but now all of a sudden that's a replica. That's a oh, that's no, a rarity. rarity. At 85, 1985, that's a rarity. Yes, because there are only uh, 500 of them ever built. Isn't in, that incredible? In Peter Brock specification. Oh, I wish Dad had kept yeah, that car. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like everyone. Everyone comes and says, oh, I had one of those. I wished I'd kept it. Oh, <laughs> it's incredible. The value. Uh, yeah. Which one's the most expensive? Which one's the one that is probably... Is it the Cobra or is, it, no, is there another the, one? No, the Tucker over there, that oh, dark. Oh, let's have blue. a look at this let's one. Let's go and have a look at Here that. we go. So we're here at the Gippsland Vehicle Collection. Andrew's joined us here. We've got some beautiful uh, vehicles being celebrated. And we're going to go and see the most expensive vehicle here in, on exhibition at the moment. What have we got here, the Tucker? Yes, we've got a 1948 Tucker. Yep. One of only 50 made in the world, made in America. 
um, ahead of their time by a long way, rear-mounted Lycoming aircraft engine to run it, six-cylinder Lycoming aircraft engine, um, and a huge boot at the front where the, most cars have their, their motors. That is worth... Um, 100 plus? Uh, no, a million. A million dollars? We're standing in front of a car that's worth over a million dollars. Yes, yes. Who is the owner of this and <laughs> how have they let this in your hands, Andrew? Well, we have a, a very, um, a very, very generous uh, man who owns a, a museum, Beaconsfield Way. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he uh, is actually uh, a member of a family that uh, live here in Mafra. Right. And so uh, they, we can uh, get in touch with his brother-in-law and say uh, uh, any chance of getting a couple of cars. And in fact, the uh, Auburn over there is another one of his. The chrome is absolutely spot on. Look at the heraldry here on the hubcaps as well, which is absolutely magnificent. Uh, for those listening to Talking Gippsland, of course, uh, you can... Have a look at some of the pictures that will pop up on our social media pages on the Triple M Gippsland page there. And it is, yeah, it's absolutely incredible. Mm. The, the name, who is it? Uh, the owner is uh, a, a fellow called Terry Dow. Right. And uh, he lives, his home is in Ferntree Gully, yes. in Victoria. Right. And he is uh, in, the mi- in the middle of build- rebuilding a, uh, a new museum at Pakenham, I think. Fantastic. Uh, which is be two stories of this sort of stuff. Well, we'll have to go and see Terry yeah, on Talking yeah. Gippsland yeah, once the well, museum's yeah, up and yeah. running, which is absolutely... Yeah. Imagine parking that, Andrew. Yes, yeah. wouldn't it be incredible? There's a rarity for you. That's a Corvette station wagon. That is a Corvette station wagon, isn't it? That is incredible there. Apparently, again, a very rare one. It was a fellow called Greenwood in, in America that was a car customiser, if you like, and... Uh, he uh, built this for his wife, and uh, and it ended up in Hayfield in Victoria. <laughs> this so, is the thing, yeah, you yeah, yeah. how they're just turning up yeah, on your doorstep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to break down again, yeah. how it all started again from mm. about 15 years ago, you were saying about how the word was starting to come through, and yeah. it just really a convoy was coming through. Yeah, rally, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the networking started from there? Yeah, well, I think that they, yeah, they thought that uh, there was a possibility, and the thing was that for that rally coming through, the locals came out in many of them with it with their cars and yeah. the, the main street was full of local vehicles of, of note outstanding yeah. oh it really is quite special isn't it yeah. as we move along to the miniatures who's looking after these the way this was created was that one man had collected all these models there were three and a half thousand in this room and uh, he was uh, he, he's a member of the club um, and he decided that uh, uh, it was uh, he would like the whole collection to be kept as a one piece, so uh, he gave us the whole collection. I'm really glad I didn't bring my uh, kids in here <laughs> yeah, because I uh, think they would have had an absolute field day. Go, Dad, can we play with these? <laughs> um, Tay's gone, Matchbox. These are wonderful brands that have a, a great history with these toy companies. Yes. But this is these are toys that you and I grew up with in, yes, in a lot of ways, yes, which is yes, incredible. And yes. the brands on the side of the oh, trucks. Oh, the stuff. truck world, is they've got the most detail in them. They've even got the air hoses that connect the trailers to the prime. Do air. they yes. really? Uh, of tiny little things like that. And some of them, of course, are, uh, are Victorian and Australian legends, like Toll and, yes. and those and 
cranes and yeah, cattle trucks. Oh, look at that. You've got biplanes up there yeah. as well. Arnott's biscuits are being celebrated yes, there yes, with the cake yeah, tins yeah. and picky tins and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And then we go into his, the latter part of his collection was collecting Australian cars yeah. and in particular V8 supercars. Oh, wow. Look so here's this. two rows, Ford on one side, of course, and Holden on the other. No, you can't Keep them seven. apart. No, oh, no my goodness. Way. Yes. And uh, <laughs> so uh, that's that and... Uh, there are, it's just an amazing, uh, you know, anyone who uh, likes anything to do with the V8 supercars, will be, they spend hours in here looking at each other, one but of them. Just the intricacy as well. Like, they, I think for those that collect these wonderful cars, but also those that create the models, yes, yeah. they, they are precise. They don't muck around no. with them. The stickers are in the right spot. Yes. The, the painting is absolutely uh, perfect as well. And... It, it, those then again, that tells a story of another era, isn't yes, it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and in fact, it's funny you talk about the stickers. If the stickers were changed mid-season, they had the collectors have to have one of those as well as the ones. So it's down to the stickers being different. Oh, can you imagine our partners in crimes with a hobby like this? My gosh, they they would they would never see us again. Yeah, no, I don't think. That's right. Yeah, probably want to. Yeah. Oh wow, wow. So this is one man's collection. That's one man's collection. Yes. Incredible. So when the collection landed on your doorstep, um, and you go, yes, no worries, we will accept this. Mm-hmm. Where are you going to put it? Because uh, uh, did you have a room ready no, to go? We, we built this specially for right. it, uh, okay. the whole room. Yep. Uh, and uh, all volunteer labour. Oh, yeah, and uh, an amazing, again, the people of Mafra, the tradies, the uh, retailers. The floor was donated. The paint was donated. Um, the cabinetry was done at a very good price, you know, and they just helped out. We actually made Rolls Royce in in Australia, you know? yeah. Uh, and a lot of the cars that in the early days, uh, you would remember that a few years ago Holden made a, a car called a Holden Brougham, right? And we thought, oh well, that's a new brand for here. But actually, in 1926, the Holden Brougham was built by Holden themselves, which were then just cabinet or um, body builders, on a an imported Buick. Successy, and that's uh, and you can see that, and then over here, that's the Rolls Royce that was built in Australia because the ones that they imported in 1914 to right through to 57, uh, most of them had Australian built bodies because they were stronger than the for, and better for our conditions, of course. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible, and well done to you and the team for for getting this all together. I mean, you need this. You need yeah. these storyboards here to to tell that picture because you have all these cars, and if people that aren't into cars yeah. come into something like yes, that, yes. you want them to have something to take yes, away with absolutely. them, don't they, and learn yes, something yes, as yes. well. Yeah, and you get a lot of people like that. Oh, we're not interested in cars, uh, but then they come and say, "Oh, look, that's one grandma used to have." Yeah, and then suddenly click. Yep. We're in business, yeah. Well, like what I did there before with the 85 yeah. Commodore. Yeah. I mean, that's, it, it's, it's a moment in time. It's a little bit of history and you, you remember that as a child. Mm. Did you learn anything along the way when you were putting this together, besides the left-hand drive stuff, <laughs> um, did you learn anything there where you've just gone, I didn't know that? Yeah. Oh, look, the early part of the, the fact that, uh, that Holden uh, existed in South Australia 
years before the uh, the Holden cars. It, mm. uh, their motor body works was built in, in uh, 1917 and they were producing cars under different names um, for... They actually apparently uh, built some T-model Fords. Did they? Yes, Holden did. Jeez. Wow, <laughs> and that's, that's what really got me into this because it is just amazing what went on in those early years yeah. uh, of all of the cars, the Citroëns and the Peugeots and all of these that were built in, in Melbourne. Uh, for a little while, uh, because of various government rules, probably. But uh, yeah, we had a booming car industry, but uh, not so long, not so. Yeah, know. it's a shame now, isn't it? And yeah. I'm just looking here at 1926 and yeah. Geelong featuring yes. quite heavily when yes. it comes to major Ford. Yeah, if you've Ford, if yes. you've ever been through Geelong, you'll yeah. see those factories yeah. and yeah. Uh, things like that. And yeah. Everything was booming in Geelong at that time. Oh, the football club was yeah. doing well. The yeah. industrial era boom was starting to come into that area as well, which is which is quite amazing as well. Does Gippsland feature? Yeah, at all? well, of course, in the, in the same year as Ford built their uh, plant in Geelong, here it is. Donalda Motors in Mafra was established. Lovely, and it's still there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's now a Mitsubishi dealership, but it was. Uh, oh, they had all sorts of dealerships over the years. Who would have thought, hey, that yeah. uh, Jock and Nord had put this together yeah. and it'd still be going? And out. I think there's four generations of of, uh, Donnell, of McDonald's. Their name is uh, and. Uh, four generations that have been involved in that garage and there are major tractor dealers as well in yeah. Afra. Yeah. So that's important as well to add that local element into yes, these pieces. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and there are early photos of uh, Mr Herbert Noble driving his uh, T-model Ford in Bushy Park near yep. Afra. Yeah. Um, and all that, that's... Uh, yeah, it comes straight from the owner of the or the family of that man. So, Andrew, is there something that um, makes you really proud to be associated with here at the vehicle collection? Yeah, Ed, I think the thing that really makes me proud is the model collection that we're standing in. Yep. Uh, the the generosity of the donor, uh, the ability of our club and our community to build this lovely room that it's in, it's all air conditioned and dustproof and all that sort of thing. And uh, the fact that uh, it's becoming so well known, it's a real draw card for many visitors from all around the world. Actually, we're having, we have people from overseas quite regularly through here. Uh, as we make our walk back here to reception here at Gippsland Vehicle Collection, Andrew, I think about um, the stories and everything like that, but the volunteers, are you always looking for more people to get involved with something like this? Because a lot of work goes into simply putting the display on, uh, maybe networking with uh, collectors and things like that. Are you looking for more people to get involved? Yes, we are. It's an, uh, a continuing issue. Um, we don't need a lot more, but um, net, as you said before, networking with the display people uh, is the real issue. Uh, and you know, we talk to someone. Oh well, I know a bloke who knows a bloke. Yeah. And to be able to follow that up and stick it in on a list that we've got, uh, that or that could fit in. And then when we have a new display theme coming through, we can go through the list and say, oh, I wonder if that, he'd lend us that and he'd lend us that. We had uh, our last display in here to give you an example uh, was uh, mostly motorbikes. Yep. And we had 245 motorbikes wow. in here. It was full. And the motorbike community was sensational in 
you know, that they know each other. Oh, you haven't got one of those. Well, I'll get you one. This sort of attitude. Yeah. And it, oh, it was terrific. But um, dealing with all the owners uh, of 245 motorbikes was, was quite an effort. But we got through it with, because they're so easy to get on with. But, uh, yeah. So how can you get involved with uh, the Gippsland Vehicle Collection? Is it just simply coming up to reception saying g'day to Sue and saying, hey, look, yes. I want to be a part of it or volunteer? Yes, there's a number. Sue is, looks after all the volunteers for various things. There's the, the straightforward one of uh, working on the front desk on a roster. Yep. For our, we're open uh, four days a week. Uh, except for school holidays when we're open every day and uh, there's two two shifts a day so two four-hour shifts a day so if people would you know just like to come down and uh, inform new visitors about what it's all about and uh, just t- take a general interest in it right through to uh, yeah getting some people to help us with uh, uh, finding the, the right yeah. machine and yeah. uh, Working out the themes, the the next theme that's coming up, the um, uh, songs and cars. Um, the f- one of our uh, executive members is putting that together, and uh, he's doing a magic job, uh, getting the th- finding the songs, yeah. and then finding the cars. It's songs. Um, I, yeah, so he, uh, I think he's doing very well, and that'll be very interesting to to see how that comes in. Andrew, it's been a pleasure to go on a journey with you through this history, through uh, the relics and replicas uh, that are on show at the moment, but there's so many stories to be told. But I just want to say personally, a big thank you to those owners as well that are putting their cars on display, um, to the donations that we see behind us with the the mini collection as well. Um, But the fact that history can be championed in this way, you've got a passionate team that are looking after it. it's, it's pretty cool to be part mm. of something so special. It is. That's one of the enjoyable things, that it is special, and, gee, we enjoy it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Talking Gippsland. In our next episode, we catch up with a young singer-songwriter and budding artist, Christine Watterson. Your drawings or artistry, where did it all start to manifest? Um, I've grown up in a really big family. Yeah. I've got 12 brothers and sisters. 12? So... Um, hang on, time out. <laughs> mum and Dad, hang on, shout out to Mum, firstly. That's incredible, Mum. Mum, uh, that is amazing. What's Mum's name? Narelle. Narelle yeah. is a superstar. Oh, Out- she is. Outright <laughs> superstar. 12, that's crazy, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So where do you bat in the order? Where, where do you come in at? Where are you? Oh, yeah, I'm number nine in the batting Number order. nine, right, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> a fast bowler, I like it. Then. Hope you can join us in the next episode of Talking Gippsland with Christine Watterson. Local voices with local stories. If you've got a story to tell, get in contact with us via our Triple M Gippsland Facebook page. A listener production.